true. That every generation thinks the generation following it is weaker. Or, as was pointed out by Joe, got to keep remembering it's, it's, you know, you get a certain way. My kids are a certain way because of the way I raised them. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not their fault <laughs> if, if I decide to be a helicopter parent or a snowplow parent we were just talking about. Yeah. It, it's not their fault, so you don't blame that generation. So I guess you, each parent generation of parents gets weaker. Or well, it depends which direction something. your country is heading in or your culture is heading in. Yeah, I mean, if if the Chinese literally tried to invade, I think we'd find the next two three generations were tough as hell because they were responding to their environment. They were tough because they had to be. We we're we're a soft, self indulgent, affluent society. So. so I set that up because when I say this, I'm not blaming. I'm not taking credit for anything. Or blaming this generation. But the people I was around when I was in my early 20s were way more resilient and prepared for the world than the people you were just talking about. Nobody, There's just no doubt about it. it. Right. So that's not a character. That, well, it's I don't know. It's about the parents, I guess. Right. So we're just talking I about this. my kids hunt, skin, and butcher their own meat. They all live in cities, too, so they've developed a taste for raccoon. We were just talking about this uh, snow plowing thing. Parents who snow plowing. And, you know, it's funny. I had read an article about it, and it only talked about either helping getting into college or helping to get in the first job or a variety of things. These statistics about calling your 23-year-old to make sure they get up in the morning or calling their boss to try to solve a problem or reminding them they've got a test as a senior in college is crazy. I didn't even know that happened. At all, let alone to the point that, you know, there's articles written. I don't think it's an accident that the gal who wrote the book was the uh, dean of freshmen at a major university. Uh, We got a number of texts. It's called codependency, gentlemen. Yeah, it it, it would would work on both ends. That's an aspect of that. That's why I suggested the rehab clinic. It's another form of breastfeeding. That's true. Only without the boob. Boob free. Um, But here's a uh, counterpoint. We got several of these texts along this line. Ah, the addict rationalizing their behavior. <laughs> Before you even hear it. Correct. Even Saves at, time. Even at a relatively cheap, cheap state school in California, you're talking about $120,000 to get a degree. You think it's ridiculous that a parent might want to help make sure that the hundred and twenty k actually ends up with the degree? No, that's a gross overstatement of the, uh, the that's, a, that's a poor counter-argument. Nobody's saying you shouldn't encourage your child to imply themselves and, and, you know, continue family support. But there's a hell of a lot of difference between that and calling them to make sure they're up for class as an 18, 19, 20-year-old. That's just sad. You're denying them the right to develop that skill themselves. And if the only way they get that degree is through your snowplow parenting or micromanaging, they are still not going to be prepared for what to no. do once they get the degree. Right, exactly. They will be weak and they will fail immediately, like my, my tiger cub or whatever animal I was uh, using in my head. Um as soon as you withdraw your snowplow, they are so weak they will fall. I, I mean, can't it's believe it's very good for the parent either. I, if if you're spending your days worried about whether little Jimmy made it to class this afternoon, God, that's going to make you insane. Yeah, yeah. Micromanaging another uh, adult like that, of course, you know. And this is what makes the uh, the practically obscene. It's such a terrible idea. Uh, pitch to get sixteen year olds to vote. 
There's never been a time in human history where 16-year-olds were more little children than they are right now. There are obviously some exceptions. But, I mean, 18 to vote is a stretch. We can't have all this data and conversation around how people are more immature, less prepared for the world than they've ever been at 22. Right. And be having a conversation about moving the voting age down. It should be We should be talking about moving it up. Clearly. It's so naked an attempt to be able to get children to vote for pleasant-sounding unicornian progressive schemes. It's just—it's utterly shameless. It's, mm-hmm. it's awful. More texts. I snowplowed my buddy's mom in college. Oh, I don't know oh, what that boy. means. It's, is that like motor voting? So he prepared uh, her. Wow, that's funny. He was looking out he for laid his buddy's great, mom. That's yeah. just kindness. Yeah. He laid down the groundwork for her yeah, to uh, well, have, he a, laid something. have a successful life. Yeah. It's secondary to the parents growing up in a never-expanding nanny state. No one should be expected to take care of themselves. Interesting if... point, my friend. It is. Maybe that seeps into our thinking. As the cause... relationship with the government of the government to the people changes fundamentally. That's right. They. It is our right for them to take care of us. So true. Well said. Huh. Just the outsized social importance that we put on a college degree, I feel, is like a major oh, yeah. thing of this. That oh, the parents yeah. feel that if... It is impossible to compete or to be happy or content unless my child gets this piece of paper. Well, we right. got to quit acting like that. that's the end. you got a college degree, doesn't matter what it's in, and we're done now. So you're willing to do anything to make that happen. Bribe their way in, go into terrible debt, take out a mortgage, put them in debt, call them in the morning to make sure they get to class. Because once we get the degree, then you're set for life at age 22, right. even though there's no no evidence of that being true, because it's not. Right. So uh, I heard <laughs> a weird interview with Amy Klobuchar, who is running for uh, president on the D side, and she is one of the few who said, no, I'm not in favor of f- free four-year college for everybody. She said, number one, it would be astonishingly expensive and saddle those very kids with the debt. Number two, it's not right for any everybody. One and two-year degrees, if we want to make that free, and I hate the term free because it ain't free. It's just somebody else paying for it. Um she can go along with that, but she said, no, it's a terrible idea. And she's right. You you would further devalue a college education while making it more expensive for society as a whole and, and, and less useful because if every, uh, come on, and everybody knows this. If you have a college situation where ain't nobody gets turned away, it's an entirely different situation than if you have people who are really interested in it or dedicated to it or think it's important. Oh, I noticed when I was uh, just my senior year of college and then one year of grad school, completely different kind of class because everybody who was there really wanted to be there. Yeah. It ain't that way your first couple years in college. You get toward the end and certainly graduate school, everybody really wants to be there and it's got a different vibe. Mm -hmm. Everybody's interested. Everybody's there for a complete you know, I want I want to get something out of this. Right. Reminds me of what the military guys say about the draft. They say if you if if I've got a barracks full of people who don't want to be there, I've got a serious problem. And you know, the college thing is kind of a different uh, position on the the dial, if you know what I mean. But the idea that well, everybody can go, it doesn't matter. Everybody gets a college education, and it isn't worth anything. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's just it's something you observe as you as you go through life. The way your society changes based on its situation. There is none of this going on in Somalia. 
There's none of this in Yemen. <laughs> no. And I, you know, I'm not saying I wish we were Yemen. It's or just the United in, States 30 years ago. <laughs> right. It's just interesting to observe. What, yeah. You know, and there are many sayings throughout history. The only thing harder to deal with than failure is success. I'm going to read this The text. only thing harder than getting to the top is staying on top. It's, it's ancient wisdom. I'll read this text, then we'll move on, I suppose. My son, who got an 85% scholarship to Pepperdine University for five years academically, was very smart. I'll bet. He chose at the end of his freshman year that he was not going to work anymore to help pay part of his schooling cost. As hard it was, was for me, I told him that he could live in his car, that I was no longer sending any money. And two days later, when he called me from McDonald's, telling me he only had a dollar left, I told him he probably should go out and get a job. And I hung up the phone. Wow, that's great. It took him about five hours... And he did get a job, which he kept for the next four and a half years through college to pay his half of his college student loans because we only paid half. It was the hardest thing I ever did, but to this day, it is the best thing I've ever done for him. That's really interesting. He's 38 and successful. Yeah, that's super. I know my dad told me about when I was much older about all the times he really wanted to help me. But he just knew it was a bad idea. I'm dealing with it right now. And I'm, 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 it was a bad idea. Because I needed to suffer the result of my poor planning mm. and bad decisions. Mm. But uh, I'm sure it's not easy to do. When my uh, alpaca ranch went under, my parents had to watch me struggle. You thought everybody's going to be wearing alpaca fur. Oh, yeah. I, I invested everything in it. But you were wrong. Lost my hiney. Had to sleep in an alpaca carcass for quite some time. Oh, boy. That's terrible. You're listening to... Walking around, head to toe, alpaca fur. My shoes were made of fur. So should we, re- should we revisit the Chelsea Clinton thing? Uh, yeah, sure. Pretty good. Yeah, why not? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A prominent psychiatrist said that Felicity Huffman, Lori Laughlin, and many other celebrities suffer from something called acquired situational narcissism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I stopped reading the article because it wasn't about me. <laughs> what acquired situational narcissism? Yeah, yep. uh, it sounds from you know the words because I understand words. You find yourself in a situation, suddenly become a or eventually become an egomaniac. Power corrupts. Is that what they're trying to say? So I'm waiting for the first. Probably be a Democrat. Waiting for the first Democrat candidate that is going to say no to criticism and just say that I don't care. What sort of criticism do you mean? For instance, Beto. And I really, I didn't think he'd be this kind of guy. I was surprised by this. He made an offhand comment over the weekend. You've probably heard this. About it his was wife. as offhand as can be. Oh, my God. Oh, it was nothing. About his wife raising the kids and everything like that. She does all the work. Sometimes with my help, he says. Yeah. Outrage. And 
and he got attacked for that. I still don't even understand why. I don't even get where the where what's bad there. But anyway, you got was, your sensitivity meter set on high. If that bothers you. Ooh, anyway, he was attacked for that, and he apologized and went on liked and said, "I'm learning. This is part of the process. I'm learning. I'll never say anything like that again." And I thought, wow, I thought Beto would be the kind of guy that it was a joke. The joke is my wife does all the work. It's actually a compliment to her. It's and it's shouldering her with the, the domestic duties while you go out and chase the highest office in the land. That's a compliment. I mean, that's, that's the argument. <laughs> you need okay. to pipe down. It's self-deprecating. He's saying, I don't help out as much as I should. Right. And now you have silenced him from ever admitting that he doesn't help out as much right. as he should. Yeah, that's Great what, victory. Yeah, it's a compliment. It's she's doing most of the work raising the kids. Cause right. I'm doing the, it's, I don't understand in what way that bothers any feminist i don't even know who it bothers in bizarro world but the fact that he apologized for it and deemed as tucker carlson has pointed out everybody to be his moral superior who criticized that you're right i'm wrong i shouldn't have made that sort of joke god dang it is anybody ever going to come along and just say it was a joke what i mean is she's doing more work than i am thank god i'm lucky i got her you know so why would you apologize for that well, and then he's trying to pitch his uh, arrest for burglary, or again, as NPR puts it, trespassing. He and his buddy busted into a locked building and trespassed. Okay, you can call that trespassing if you want. But anyway, uh, some have said if he was a black guy, he, he wouldn't have gotten off. And so he's used that, and this is kind of a clever pivot to talk about and admit to his white privilege. And he's apologized for that as well. I actually think it was my daddy was a heavyweight in local politics privilege, and a phone call was made to the cop shop. But, you know, I suppose that applies to more white people than black. Depends where you live, though. Yeah, it's it's sad. Where where is the if he were of run of the mill to poorish white kid? I don't think it would have gone the same way. Probably not. Nope. Uh, and then you got Chelsea Clinton, who's accosted by some activist type and uh, yelled at because Chelsea daring to decry anti-Semitism led directly to the shooting in New Zealand of the Muslims because she'd criticized, in rather gentle terms, a Muslim congresswoman. Now, here's the one caveat to my opinion about Chelsea. I think she is a cowardly progressive who is so swigged down the Kool-Aid that she doesn't have the spine to say, no, you can't say that to me. Permitting anti-Semitism doesn't defend Muslims. It defends bigotry. You're wrong. My caveat is that she might have been physically afraid as she was surrounded by people, and the one gal who was yelling at her had the, I'm so outraged and so right, I'm justified in doing anything, tone of voice going. And so if Chelsea thought, oh my God, here's where I get killed, okay, you got to get out of that situation. But I found her reaction, she said meekly, I'm I'm sorry you feel that way. Which is, you know, at least it's, I originally thought she just said, I'm sorry. Because I didn't, yeah, I, I think we're fine, Michael, but um, I didn't hear her say this way the first time I heard it. Um, so, you know, again, if she was physically afraid, I totally get it. But this this uh, this nut job surrounded by her snapping friends is claiming that you can't criticize a Muslim for anti-Semitism because it leads to the murder of Muslims. Well, in your world, maybe that's true, where everything's outrage and emotion and intersectionalism and the rest of it and identity politics. In my world, that's not the case at all. 
We talk it out. And nobody snaps to show their approval. It's dumb and jivey. Because clapping too loud and triggering. It happened at that city council meeting I was at, remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah, clapping is too triggering. People, uh... The, per- the counterpoint to my argument about the homeless situation Chris, got a whole bunch of finger snaps. Wow. My comment got no finger snaps. Here's a question for you. <laughs> Here's a question. If a round of applause, quote unquote, triggers you, maybe you'd need a snowplow parent. Because you're so- such a soft little kitty cat. Well, of course, you got that way by having a snowplow parent. But I don't. I just don't know what to make of all this. And it's not like I was a Marine. But it's going to be a long campaign we got almost 600 days to go right we will hate ourselves <laughs> we will hate the process our country and ourselves by the end of it yes there will be a sea of loathing and regret all around somebody on on both sides has got to say all right enough 595 days to go you can't make me apologize for everything i ever do and I, and I personally don't want, at the helm of the uh, the great ship of state, somebody who apologizes for everything, even when they're not wrong. It's, it's pathetic. What do you got next, Marshall? Well, Trump's battle with top aide Kellyanne Conway's husband rages on. Yes. And just signed the biggest contract in sports history. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Ah, back down. Beto O'Rourke, the great test of our political times, he may be. And if we're just fully moving into the celebrity candidate period of our nation's history. Well, Donald Trump was a celebrity. Right. He had strong positions. We're just going to move further down that road. Now a celebrity Maybe. with no positions. Which might be a good idea and might be on purpose. We'll see. More on that coming up. Right now, news with Marsh Phillips. Well, President Trump taking direct aim at his close advisor, Kellyanne Conway's husband, tweeting this morning, a total loser, exclamation point. Oh, hey, that's a little hurtful. That was in response to a post from campaign manager Brad Parscale about George Conway who, despite his wife's senior role in the administration, emerged as an outspoken Trump critic who has recently questioned Trump's mental fitness. Trump retweeting Parscale's tweet, which reads, We all know that at real Donald Trump, he turned down Mr. Kellyanne Conway for a job he desperately wanted. He barely worked at the Justice Department and was either fired or quit. Didn't want the scrutiny? Now he hurts his wife because he's jealous of her success. POTUS doesn't even know him, exclamation point. You know, if that were the assistant undersecretary to the undersecretary assistant of the EPA, I would think, dude, don't get in the middle of that marriage. Just do your job. Stay in your lane. And that's the POTUS. That's just cuckoo. I am anti-diagnosing the mental abilities of presidents from afar. I'll just, do it. What do you? Who, who are you? Who are you looking for? Just, Harding. Tell us about Harding. I think it's an <laughs> odd journalistic thing that's become common. Yeah. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein is going to be sticking around longer than he expected to. NBC News says Rosenstein had planned to depart as soon as new Attorney General Bill Barr was sworn in. Peepers? I thought Peepers was already gone. No, he remains on the job. 
Doing what? What all this means specifically is not clear at this point, but again, there's a buzz in D.C. about what does it mean in the Mueller report. Well, so the Mueller report, there was a vote 422 to nothing the other day yep. from the House that the Mueller report should come out. It was just a, it was non-binding. Yep, but he made a gesture. Right. The president agreed. He said, "I didn't. Uh, I didn't argue to have any uh, any Republicans vote on the other side." He said, "I think the Mueller report should come out. That's what people want." So, what wh- wh- what are we arguing about here? The guy that's being investigated says it should come out. Who who are you worried about stopping this? For what reason? I'm, I'm I've always been confused oh, on that the one. D side. Yeah. Oh, they're just faking concern to keep everybody whipped up. My only concern is for people who are completely innocent that are named in the report whose lives will be turned upside down for a long time because their name is in the report. Is anybody completely innocent? Support for um, for the House of Representatives to seriously consider impeaching the president has dropped by 10 points. It's now 28% of people that want to impeach Trump. That'd be your hardcore Trump haters. Mm-hmm. And the survey also shows that 50% believe that the Mueller investigation is a witch hunt and that Trump has been subjected to more investigations than previous presidents. That's 50% of Americans. 50 to 47, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, it's close, obviously. Yeah, but it's not. You but, would get by watching MSNBC that only like 10% of crazy, hardcore Trump supporters think it's a witch hunt. Right, right. But she's a witch! But I, my point is that, though it is close, 50, we're already at 50%. When the Mueller report comes out and turns out to be a big nothing or a big not very much, that number could could leap. Could be 60, 70, 80%. Yep. The 24-year-old man charged with killing the reputed boss of the Gambino crime family wrote a string of slogans on his hand, including MAGA forever, and then flashed them before his court hearing on Monday. He's a nut. Anthony Camello held up his left hand while waiting for the hearing to begin in Tom's River, New Jersey, in which he agreed to be extradited to New York. On uh, his hand, scrawled slogans including MAGA forever, an abbreviation, of course, to make America great again. It's unclear what his motivations were for showing off the handwritten words. His lawyer would not discuss the writing on his client's hand, nor would he say whether Camello maintained his innocence. This guy rubbed out a mob boss because the mob boss didn't want him dating his niece niece, or something like that. So we're talking about a dangerously mentally ill person. So what he wrote on his hand is mildly interesting, I suppose, but I don't know. He crossed the He's wrong the guy. It's yeah, about no Trump. kidding. He about cro- Trump. He crossed the wrong guy. Yeah. I mean, there, isn't there zero chance he survives? I think you're right. I don't the know. head of the most powerful mafia family in the country. Yeah. 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 No way. Night now. You, you, don't you have to? Don't you have to send a message? Look, you can't do this. Oh, yeah. World. Right. Yeah, judging from what I know about the mob, which is what I've seen on TV in the movie. And I think it's fairly accurate. And red, yeah. Well, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Well, he, he, it wasn't a mob thing. He, he rubbed out the top guy in the country. It was a personal beef, so that's got nothing to do with us. No, the, the mob is not going to say that. And and they've got to be able to send the message that we can reach you anywhere, right. in jail, anywhere. Right. Right. To keep right. people afraid. Yeah. Something tells me they'll try like heck to get this guy in solitary confinement. 
Something tells me the first five minutes he spends not in it will be his last five. Hey, look at that. The door was left unlocked. Yeah, it's funny how that happened. Hey, and, and look at that. The guard has a, a brand new car. Oh, well, what are you going to do? In the world of sport, Mike Trout is nearing an extension to stay with the Los Angeles Angels. The two sides are finalizing a 12-year extension worth a reported $430 million. Well, that ought to be enough to set him up for life. Be the largest contract in sports history. All of sports history. Half a billion dollars. And in baseball, you're going to get that money. In the NFL, you hear big numbers, doesn't mean anything. Right. <laughs> yeah, but they, they baseball trout with a Mayfly hatch fly. They just tied it this morning. <laughs> it's a so trout it's joke. A fishing joke. Is what that is. <laughs> yes, indeed. No, yeah, not yeah. a lot of fishing jokes. Yeah. Uh, not enough. <laughs> no, one, or one too many. The deal is expected to pay Trout an average annual salary of around $36 million. $36 million a year. Yeah. That's good work if you can get it. There you go. For 12 years. Yes. Wow. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, that conscience of the nation. If, if Trout were 19 years old, I'd say that was ill-advised, but how old the guy is he? How old is uh, Trout, you know, Sean? I'm guessing 27. Yeah, I'm guessing mid-20s. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, you got that angle of it, and just, 27. just human you. nature... And and he's a hard worker, and everybody likes him, and he's the model of this and that. But God, you'd you'd your enthusiasm for for working out and eating right constantly and everything would have to go down just a little when you sign that contract, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, just human nature. I don't know. I I think he has so much pride and so much desire to be one of the all time greats right. that will drive him. But the question is, Tom Brady would prove the opposite. They got all the money that you could ever spend yeah. in, a, in nineteen lifetimes, and he still is insane. The, well, right, yeah, yeah, and and I'm sure they vet that really carefully before they invest that sort of money, but. I just, I believe Trout is the sort of man who will, if anybody can, earn that money. But the third time he strains his shoulder and has got to miss it, and we're talking like six years down the line, you know, third time he hurts his shoulder and he's got to rehab his way back and it hurts all the time and he knows he's not going to be what he used to be and the rest of it. Then how's your $32 million looking? Must think they're going to sell a lot of tickets. Right. Get a lot of eyeballs. That's probably right. Um, the phenomenon that is Beto, I think this, I seriously think this is a test of where we are in our politics, a piece in the Atlantic about how far down the road we're going of celebrity. Mm-hmm. And the Atlantic is a left-leaning publication yep. by a lot. Beto was caught on the campaign trail today, Sean, you say, and asked to give some specifics. Somebody was drilling down. Unfair. We'll have that Charming. Coming. That's his issue. We'll have that next on the, you got any more fishing jokes? We got a, oh, a, quite a few. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. Beto O'Rourke is running for president. Robert Francis O'Rourke. The Texan. Almost um, beat Ted Cruz. Well, he kind of sort of looked like he might for a while. He did pretty well in a red state. I think so. People who say he's a loser. How would you vote for... I don't, I don't get that. But, <clears throat> um, but uh, people on the left, this isn't people on the right criticizing him. I mean, Hannity calls him... Bozo O'Rourke. <laughs> so, 
That's unfortunate. That's dismissive. It, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. But people on the left are saying there's no there there. He's got no, you know, what's he think of anything? And he was on Meet the Press Sunday with Chuck Todd, and he just wouldn't answer anything. And it was pretty obvious that he wasn't answering anything. And so uh, a reporter chased him down today. And two, when are we going to get an actual policy from you instead of just, like, platitudes and nice stories? Thank you. Some cheering. To to your second question about policy, um, I'm going to try to be as specific as I can. I mentioned our criminal justice system. I've called for the end of the prohibition on marijuana and the expungement of the arrest records of everyone who's been arrested for marijuana. I've been doing that for a long time. On the question of health care, talked about universal guaranteed high-quality health care. You asked the path to get there. Two extraordinary women with whom I served in Congress, Jan Schakowsky of Illinois, Rosa DeLauro of, New, of uh, Connecticut, have introduced a proposal called Medicare for America that ensures that if you have employer-based insurance and you like it, you keep it. Your doctors, your network, what okay. works for you. So, okay. That's, yeah, that's substance. Yeah. So this is from, I don't know who Tim Miller is, Sean. But so uh, we had him on the show. He was uh, oh, right, Jeb right, right. Bush's, in, in, in part of his campaign. Yeah. yeah. He's got a new piece out Speaking called, losers. he's got a new piece out called The Beto Woke Wars. I wrote on the implications of the very online DSA SJW alliance against Beto. And how the center-left media used their language to make 2018's Golden Boy suddenly problematic. That's interesting. I I will read that. Well, it did strike me during the backlash that, look, people who have other... Keeping in mind that the... He announced Friday. Right. There was a forelash for like 18 hours. The backlash started within the first day. Mm Mm-hmm. So all of this, the discussion of back and forth, and then then the the mainstream media start using the other people's language has all happened in like well, three days. It's only Tuesday, <laughs> crazy. right now. Anyway, yeah, but no, it struck me the vehemence of the uh, of the attacks on him from some of the intellectual left. It seemed pretty clear to me that they wanted to nip this thing in the bud. Yeah, exactly, and, exactly, and, and clear the path for somebody or other. I'm not sure exactly whom. I get that sense too. That's a don't let this get off the ground. Yeah. So yeah. the as this piece points out, the the DSA, so the Democrat Socialists of America, with the social justice way, right? So the Democrats, they don't think his health care stuff is is nearly good enough. So right. that's why they don't want him there. Well, yeah, He's, he that was a compromised position he was describing. Right. Yep. Yeah. We can't have that. And uh, and social justice warriors don't like him because my guess is he's a white guy in a in a very diverse field, so that's enough to. And disqualify. he's a wealthy white guy, right? That was the Entitled. the one college student that I spoke to who was super down on uh, Beto. One of the first things this college student says was, "A white guy from Texas is not going to be the nominee." Um, so white and guy being, and then the whole Texas that thing is, is racist, sexist, and regionalist. What's wrong with Texas? There are all sorts of people in Texas. All sorts of people. You got professors in in Austin and ranchers in East Texas. What, what do they have to do with each other? From the Atlantic, Beto gave no specifics on how he'd do anything he wants to do, or even exactly what that might be in his announcement, other than a long pledge to uplift people and bring the country together. That's true. Nor did he give specifics at his first event in Iowa later in the morning, carried live on cable. He talked about health care, but didn't mention Medicare for all or any alternative. I think he just did there, but he didn't. He's not. He's not a Medicare for all person. It would seem. Well, yeah, their point is that he didn't come out of the barn with that stuff. He had to be a 
you know, forced. Back to the Atlantic. He was asked about the Green New Deal, but talked generally about climate as he addressed the spirit of the question. There are T-shirts and hats for sale online with just his first name. Uh, This is talking about the celebrity aspect of this is just where we are. No real specifics, but a lot of attention. Hats and T-shirts, a lot of talk. I like the idea of addressing the spirit of a question. Honey, did you fix the screen door? Screen doors are important. We all agree on that. They screen (laughs) us from bugs and other threatening uh, creatures. They allow the breeze through. We're all in favor of screens. Without (laughs) doors, how would we get out of the house? Exactly. We'd be in here the rest of our lives, or outside for the rest of our lives, depending on where we start. It's important we have a discussion about screen doors. Back to the Atlantic. None of the other announced candidates have spent as much time as O'Rourke describing his search to discover if being president was right for him. To his fans, O'Rourke is the new candidate who can speak about what his party wants more believably and relatably. I alone can fix it, Trump famously said. I want to be in it. Man, I'm just be born to be in it, O'Rourke is quoted as saying in the Vanity Fair cover. The political world is left wondering what this will amount to. His rivals, at varying levels of anxiety, make jokes that go from mocking him to gallows humor. Reporters, most of them ignored by O'Rourke's skeleton staff and left chasing rumors from Iowa Democrats about where he would be on his first Iowa trip, are still flooding out to gawk. Many of them wary of another candidacy that seems high on pizzazz and short on substance, but just as conscious of what O'Rourke might mean for ratings and clicks. Hmm. Hmm. So, skeleton staff, very Trump-like. Maybe hasn't thought of a lot of this stuff through, very Trump-like. Mm-hmm. People can't figure out, you know, he doesn't have, the, the, where's he going next? They're not telling him. Just, you, you're following along, hoping to get a little piece of him, because if you have a little piece of him in your article or video of him, you're going to get more views and clicks than if you don't. Uh-huh. So, you're going to chase him around. It is Trump-like like that. That's the whole point of that article, is that we're into celebrity um, politics, and O'Rourke is very... Like Trump in in the way it's rolling out, not his politics. Pretty notable hair as well. Hair is impossible I wonder, to ignore. I wonder if we're just going step way. by step further down the line. Well, to Idiocracy, the movie where we just have a a wrestler from somebody from the WWE, where you just chase around whoever's going to get to the most clicks. Right. Try to get a picture of him. Well, and what's the premium going to be on taking him down in the first debate or two? So like punching the biggest, toughest guy in the prison yard. I don't know. Who's going to come after Bateau? And I will find a Only three months away from the first debate, you know. Here's your first host, that's, Joe Getty. That's exciting. How about a final <laughs> thought from everybody? Uh, off from his one-day vacation, drunken escapades are what I hear. A positive Sean. Sean? Yeah, especially as the Democrat field gets more and more splintered. You don't make it to the finals by being the most liked. You make it to the finals by being the least hated. I think that's what Beto's going for. Yeah, it's mm. like American Idol. Mm, interesting take. Marshall Phillips, your final thought. Well, i got to tell you, you just outlined my goals for this afternoon. I want to be high on pizzazz, short on substance, and have notable hair. Huh? Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Michelangelo, your final thought for us? Jack, today you frowned at me. Joe, you gave me an evil stare. Please expect a call from my parents. We'll discuss the situation. I'll bring my comfort animal. Beautiful. Jack, do you have a final thought? Parent-teacher conference today for my third grader. I'm actually considering bringing up a grown-up chair with me to try to put us on an evil, even playing field. I think that put me in the tiny chair 
It's a power move. Yeah. Should show up on a Segway. <laughs> show up with my own grown-up folding chair. Sit it down and sit down. All right, now let's talk about cursive. Stand at parade rest. Loom over her. By yeah, the way, like cursive it. is going to be an issue because he struggles with it, and I think it's a stupid waste of time. Uh-oh. So, oh boy, oh, good thing he ever caught. <laughs> My final thought, I've just chucked my final thought. I just glanced up at the TV. They're promoting another music awards show on Sunday. I used to be a First Amendment guy. I'm calling for the government to severely limit the number of music awards shows. Is it all music or country? It's uh, country. Another country music well, awards show. Wasn't there one literally Sunday? Let me guess. Chris Stapleton will be there. Uh, wow. T-Swizzle. How do they ever have time to make music? Aren't they always yeah. at awards shows? Yeah. How do they Getting tour anymore? Fourth, <laughs> <Yeah>. constantly. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people who thank so little time, go to armstrongandgetty.com. All the clicks we talked about are there. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. The show's over. Bye bye. I think you're right. I got to get lower, lower. <laughs> I think it's lower than that. Yeah, I think this is probably right. better. This yes. is Armstrong and Getty.